podcast. I'm your host, Jason. I'm your co-host, Luke. How's it going, mate? Not too bad. Just noticed you put a name down there. It says W-Tail. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're the arid addict. <laughs> I love playing this oh. game every week. It's just got to come up with something new every time. I know, I was sitting there thinking, oh, what can I be, what can I be, what can I be? So that's why I jumped in as the host and then I thought, oh, I'll change it later on like I did last week. But last week was a doozy, but we'll just leave that one. Yeah. <laughs> we can't say his name three times, otherwise he'll appear. Yeah. So, <laughs> and he'll correct anyway. somebody's paper or something. That's it. Yeah. You're getting excited, mate? Not, on, not long now and you get the keys. As far as time of this recording, yeah, I'm under a week now. Well, this time next week, I'll probably be putting my first load of stuff in the, in the apartment. But you can't wait. So excited, dude. So, so excited. Like, chomping at the bit excited. But, yeah, no, we, we're going to sneak in and measure some stuff up on Sunday, which will be good. So Yep. That'll be good just to kind of really have an idea about where stuff's going. Yeah. So, it'll be pretty exciting, though. Do you know I'm, if you've got to move anything on or you've got enough space for everything or... Uh, so at current, it's a good chance that I dare say Cooper's probably going home with a new botch blue tongue at some stage. I'll probably give that oh, to nice. him once this lockdown's after. Um, no doubt. You know, he's always said that he'll he'll sort me out with anything whenever. Yep. So I'm not stressed about anything there. I'm just happy to put it to a good home. You know, he obviously does really well with blotchies. So I'm more than happy yeah. to go to those, those outdoor pits there. Um, I may have to move my Cunningham skink on. But I'd really yep. like to actually hold on to that skink because I'm pretty attached to it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, potentially the turtles. But I mean, if I can wing it, I might try to just keep the turtles and the Cunninghams here for the time being. Maybe get my father-in-law yeah. a reptile license and just give him some cat cat pellets and some and some uh, turtle pellets and just say, do this once or twice a week and you'll be golden. Oh yeah, that'll work out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, worst case, I know that you're after a few turtles, so. Yeah, I'm just going to get a pond. <laughs> I've got one of those too, remember? Oh, that's right. No. If, I, if I have to get rid of it, there's a 500 litre pond with your name on it. Well, there you go. And there's filtration. Probably, yeah. I've got the space for it. I'll even help you I dig can do a that. hole. <laughs> I can do that. The missus was in here the other, uh, yesterday because my little fellow always comes in and we feed the lizards and that and have a look at them every, every couple of days. And um, she's looking at one of the empty exoterras and she goes, what type of frog could I fit in that one? I go, which one? She's like, oh, that one there. Oh, it's a 60 um, by 45, 45, 45, 60. I go, oh, I'm not too sure. I'd have to have a look. She goes, oh, I wouldn't mind a green tree frog in the house with a nice planted enclosure. I'm like, oh, I don't have to see if it fits. <laughs> so, well, If you get a young green tree frog, that'll be fine for a fair while. Yeah, that's right. But she goes, I don't want too big of an... I said, oh, you could probably get a couple of smaller frogs in that. Like, we could put, yeah. keep the red eyes inside. Yeah. In but um, she's like, oh, no, I want a nice big frog. Yeah. Something nice to hold so, or whatever if yeah. you do get it out. It's Especially with tear. kids, too, if you are going to get it out. Yeah. your son and your, and your daughter down the line, then... A little bit heavy-handed they can be, so... Yeah, and frogs are pretty fragile. Yep, that's why I don't... He doesn't get to touch them. They just stay in the hand. He's touched them once. He just... With his Poked finger, <laughs> and he was like, "Oh, that was cool." He loved it, so he absolutely loves them. They're um getting a little bit more active the last few days. It's been a bit warmer, so yeah, it's good. It's funny that even though it's only a couple of degrees or something, they definitely notice that ambient temperature rise. And I notice yeah. all the frogs get on get on board and jump around a little bit. I even the um even the boys have been a bit more active the last couple of days. Have it was a cracker been? today. Yeah, it was beautiful. What was it? Mm. It was about 20-odd degrees or something. Yeah, 20-something. It's supposed to be 26 on Sunday, I think. What? 
Yeah, 24 to 26, I read. Oh, well, after I go and measure up this place, maybe I'll have to stay stay out in the bush up that way and have a little bit of a poke around on some rock faces on the north sides yeah. of, the, of the mountain. Essential walking. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get my exercise in. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but no, nah, that'll be good once you uh, get the keys and you measure up. I'm uh, keen to see what you come up with. Dude, I'm so excited to, to, to finally do it. Like, you know, with the space that I'm in now, I'm very, very grateful that my... my uh, father and mother-in-law have given me the space that I've got and they've been very willing to have a garage full of reptiles and kind of kicking cars out and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, but it'll be nice to have my own space to really set it up how I want it to be set up. I yeah, that's right. I've wanted to do it for a long time. So, yeah, I'm um, chomping at the bit. I'm actually chomping at the bit to be a little bit closer to you as well. Like, yeah. Just so we could actually hang out a little bit more in yeah, person exactly. rather than just over the podcast on a weekly basis you know you'll be because to get to you you're like it's like you go in and then you go i'm basically like i go past where you are mm. and then to come all the way back down yeah and it like if if there was a road that went straight from edelong to the northern beaches it'd be it'd probably only take me about half an hour i reckon 45 minutes yeah and now so, when i move into to this place you're I'm, I'm essentially on the way home for you pretty much yeah. yeah yeah you are yeah it takes about a minute to get to the freeway from my place yeah. So, um, yeah, that'll be pretty pretty exciting. You might just have to stop off for a beer after work every now and then. Yeah, I'm like the missus. Oh, I'm just working back late today. It <laughs> <laughs> uh, comes home that. with a leaf tail or something. Yeah, <laughs> I thought you were working late. Oh, I was, I was. So I just stopped on the way home quickly. <laughs> Why do you smell like beer? Yeah, oh, no, never mind. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I'll quickly get home and crack one. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I'm... I'm I'm really excited to still be living on the bush too. Yeah, because you're still relatively close. If it's the units, I think it is. You're still like, yeah, really close. Like you pretty much just go down one of the other roads and you're right near, um, you're right near Galston Gorge, aren't you? Not too far from Galston Gorge. I think so. Yeah, I think you're probably only like a 10 minute drive if that. Yeah. And you're basically in the gorge. If it's the units, yeah. If it's the, I'm pretty sure it's the ones I'm thinking of. Yeah, you're not far from it. Probably not even 10 minutes. Probably literally like a five-minute drive and you're in the um, Coston Gorge. Yeah, and like there's like all bob and head and stuff around that way a little bit mm. further along and, and all that sort of stuff as well. And not only that, but then I am able to duck up the coast really quick, you know, to, yeah. to come up your way for a herp and stuff like that, which I'm definitely going to be doing this summer, providing we're still not in lockdown. Um, yeah, hopefully. Speaking of lockdown, how have you been enjoying life in lockdown? You're looking good. Very, very fresh. I know. It's good to have um it's just good to have some time off and spend with the kids. So got a few things done around the house. Um spent a bit of time on the enclosure. Mm-hmm. Got a couple of coats on the background. Nice. So safe to say that my first attempt's not the best attempt, but <laughs> it'll Never look is. good. No, that's right. I just gotta have to work out the you know, the um water to Tile pointing. Yep. I did a little bit too thick for the first coat. So there was, like, you can see all the brush marks and stuff like that. But um, the second coat I did, I think I nailed it on the second coat with the um, the thickness. So, But, I mean, I'll probably, once this is all planted, I don't really plan on being able to see too much of the background anyway. So I wasn't too fussed with how that kind of turned out. But Because um, I basically want to just have a lot of foliage just so they can basically do their thing and not worry... About looking at my ugly mug 24 7 every time i come in there <laughs> well that's the thing too is like even though it's your first attempt i still remember the first one that i did like it i still think it turned out all right but the first yep. coat that i ever did on it i made it so watery 
that it almost didn't actually appear there for a good period of time. Like it, it, yep. it almost like it was. <laughs> I've just seen you disappear on the screen. I don't know what's. Yeah, going I'm on. still here. I think my 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 webcam just disconnected, but um, I can still hear you anyway. <laughs> that did it to me last week as well. Yeah, the yeah. um the coat was super watery, so it just kind of like disappeared into nothing. So I ended up having to do a few extra coats just to kind of get it nice and nice and thickened up eventually. But I almost find that on the last coat that you do that actually tends to be the one that I put like texture and stuff like that into place so then it's not so um, you know like you have you can have your brush marks and stuff on the first few coats and it's not so crucial it's, it's just when yep. you're kind of finishing it off to, to kind of clear it up yeah but um, I'll, yeah it's just playing around with it too I guess but um, I don't know I'm, I was pretty happy with the second coat the way the second coat went on but um, it's just obviously you can see the brush mark, so that's just one thing I don't like. But but um, <clears throat> yeah, playing around with it. I watched your video. I watched um, Cam's a couple of Cam's videos. I watched Coop's video just to get a few more ideas and everything else. But I thought I'll practice on this one, and then once I knock up that rough enclosure, I'll, I should have a a pretty good idea of how to do it better. So yeah. I'm excited to see what you go, you know, <laughs> well, that's, this is the thing, right? Is it's like, okay, so we know roughies are definitely going to be happening. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, the missus doesn't know yet, but they are. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. The roughies are happening. You're hearing it. Yeah. Uh, hopefully she's not listening to this first 10 minutes, but you never know. Um, no. Nah. What else would be on the cards, do you reckon? You've already kind of mentioned Kimberly rock monitors. Yeah. They'll be probably eventually. Yeah. Um, not nice big. Nah. Um, and green tree pythons, I think. Yeah. And maybe a couple of geckos. Yeah. I'm thinking if I can source some, um, find someone that's had success breeding some um, chameleon geckos, I probably wouldn't mind getting some of them again for sure. They'll be the definite. And what else? Probably I wouldn't mind some um, philosopoda again too. Mm. They're uh, green tree pythons, hundred percent green. They're definite green tree pythons. So, again, my girl's confusing me at the moment. Yeah, I was going. I mean, it was been meaning to ask you about that because yeah. I saw your, your little video, the video you put up the other day, and I was like, oh, I've got to ask a look about what what's what's happened. Yeah, she's probably she's still sitting on a stick doing the green tree python things, and she's kind of cuddling up to the boy in that. But yeah. she was actually really cuddly with the boy today, so I wouldn't be surprised if they had another mating session today. But they've been kind yeah. of sitting on opposite ends of the enclosure for a while now. But she does look fat, and I, it's I think it's just all in my head. Yeah. Okay. You know, until until I see eggs. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I'm not going to think too much about it. I'm just going to keep them together and keep them happy. And yeah, if I get eggs, that I get eggs. But you know, at least I've seen them mating. 15, 16 times or whatever it's been now. So. Oh, that's good. Even if she is ovulating, you're not going to miss it if you know he's still in there. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I'm not planning to take him apart before, you know, maybe the end of the year or something like that when I really start pumping some food into him and yeah, get him a bit more sizey. But yeah, it was actually funny you mentioned your chameleon geckos. I was looking through this new Lizards of Australia book, which oh, yeah. I believe we both got in the mail. I bought two. <laughs> We're proudly showing off our books here from uh, yep. Scott and Ty Iper. Two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mr. Two books. Got it. You have to buy two of everything. As you can see behind me, there's pretty much two of every book. 
<laughs> All I've in a pile, that one. not on a shelf. <clears throat> not yet. Disrespecting not those yet. books, mate. I've got to get the other ones out of the containers that are on the other side of the wall here. Oh, yeah. And set them up on the... I've got to go through and log them all into my um, app that I'm using at the moment. That one Scott got me onto. I love that app. I think I want to get onto that app. Maybe when I've got all my books properly set up so I can actually keep kind of a bit of a catalogue of them. Yeah, it's just handy because, like, you log on, like, it's... um. It shows you, like, this is all I've logged in at the moment, so I haven't logged too much in there. But, you know, you can put little notes on each book. So, like, you know, the ones we got off Scott, they give he sent you through the numbered card as well. Mm. So I've just got, like, you know, the, it's got a little numbered card. It's card number or whatever. Um, if it's signed, all that kind of stuff. So every book, if it's signed by someone, I've got, you know, it's signed, this and that. Yep. Um, and everything else. And that way, you know, I can see what I've got. It's pretty yeah. handy. But I just want to get the bookshelf anyway so I can... Start reading a few more books again now that the kids are starting to go to sleep a little bit easier. I've got a bit of time of a night time, so I used to read before I went to bed every night. I used to always read, you know, a couple of chapters of a book or, you know, pull out one of the ID books and read a few pages and work out ID and reptiles and stuff like that. It's something that I definitely want to get back in the habit of doing, and that's why yeah. I did bring that tiny little bookshelf upstairs just so I could have a quick flip before going to bed. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's so unwinding. You know, like yeah. I find that it just really just all of a sudden you're not thinking about it, you're not stimulated necessarily no. like you would be watching TV or playing a game or, or whatever. Or you're on your phone and you're on social media yeah. and that you're getting that blue light and it's keeping I go to bed if I'm if I've been on my phone and I go to bed, I stay awake for like forty five minutes, I can't fall asleep. But if I read a book I can just doze off pretty quickly. Mm. And you're learning something too, that's the other thing, you know. You're not just scrolling yeah. mindlessly through social media. Well, even just before you hopped on here, you, you know, I was just sitting here having a bit of a flick through. And, of course, the chameleon gecko takes pride and place as the first lizard actually in this book. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is pretty cool. Have a bit of a flick through. I didn't realize that their snout to vent length was 13 centimeters. Yeah, they're pretty big. <clears throat> I didn't realize they were that big. I was kind of thinking they were like in the same sort of size as like a spiny tail or something. No, nah, no, nah, they're probably, yeah, that 13 is probably on the larger side, I reckon. Um but yeah, probably the bodies were probably yeah about thirteen. Oh yeah, thirteen centimeters. But um, and then the tail on top of that as well. So all up, they were probably yeah they were a good size. Like probably picture your microphone in front of you. Yep. That that's like, a big gecko. Yeah, I didn't realize that. Real, I always just I, thought they were little buggers. Nah, they're they're pretty big. I think I might have had a picture on my Instagram of one in my hand, maybe or two in my hands. I'm not sure. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> but um, yeah. They're absolutely stunning, those black and white tails. Yeah. I just got to um, try and find some again, you know. So it's not too many people working with them. But um, I fun. do miss them, though. I do really do. They're probably my biggest, yeah, some moving them on, I think. So That's unreal. I do a nice, this time I'd, I'd redo the tanks a bit different this time. I think I'd go a, probably go another PVC one. But I'd go probably, I'd go a lot taller than the... Um, I'd probably go like a meter, 90, 90 centimeters to a meter tall. I only had them in the 60 tall. But um, yeah, I'd probably go nice and tall. Just and so a, bit got a little bit more height to, yeah. to hunt? Um, just to see how high they climb, really. Like, usually the highest they ever saw one was they did go up to the tops of the 60. Yeah. Um, but generally, they'd sit probably, I'd say, 10 centimeters off the ground, nose down. And that's pretty much where they'd perch most of the night. On the, they'd, and they generally go to the same branch almost every night because they had a few upright branches. But then every, you know, on the odd occasion, you'd see them on a different one. But, um, 
Almost like yeah. I got a favourite. Pretty much, yeah. And they'd probably just, yeah, they'd just sit there and wait for the crickets to run past. I never saw them actually... I've seen them on the ground hunting crickets, but I've never seen them jump off the perch onto a cricket. Yeah. Were you saying that before in a previous podcast that they're actually super shy in, in your experience, weren't they? Yeah, really shy. I think yeah, everyone that's ever kept them has had the same experience. Um, you don't see them do it too, too much. But... um. But they are, they're out though of a night time. Like, you know, they're, they're stunning to see of a night time. Yeah. During the day, they obviously hide under the leaf litter or I used to use um, sauces with a hole cut in it and sphagnum moss underneath it and that's where they'd hide, yeah. which was handy because then they'd, they'd lay the eggs in the same spot too. So I didn't have to go digging through the enclosure to find eggs. So yeah. uh, Speaking of geckos, I should hopefully have some on the way potentially after this lockdown. I've been, I've got a new channel sponsor. For my YouTube yeah, channel. nice. So Worthy Geckos has decided to sponsor the YouTube channel, and he's jumped up there, and he's going to be sorting me out with some Felicipoda, which should be really exciting. Bet you can't wait. Oh, dude, chomping at the bit. Like, yeah, when I was chatting to, when was I chatting to? Rick? I think it was yesterday. Like we were just talking away or whatever like that, and he's just like, yeah, you know, I think we can work something out here. So, oh, dude, I like I. The thing that gets me going is I keep thinking about Matt Somerville's enclosure that he's got. I was only looking at that one today. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I need to make something really beautiful for it. You know, like they're the kind of animals that only come around once in a a keeper's lifetime, essentially. I I think, you know, that's something that's a bit of a holy grail of the Oedura world. Oh, definitely. But uh, But, um, those rocks he's got in that enclosure are stunning. Yeah. Like the way he's done those and and the color. I think I'm going to have to go back and find it right now just have a bit of Oh, a I've already fresh. got it. This one here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, straight onto it. Yeah, I was, yeah like I said, I was looking at it today. I think I've actually screenshotted it so I could look at it in my pictures. I think I've got <clears> like, a um, whole album just for dedicated to their stuff. <laughs> yeah, As inspiration. yeah. Pretty much do too. But um, yeah, no, I love the colour of the rocks he's done on that. Yeah. It's such a, yeah, they're just unreal. It's almost like a dark red. That's a something something i really like about it it's not like it's almost like a purple too yeah so smooth yeah no it looks really good i mean i've never seen the kimberly so he's obviously got first-hand experience there yeah but um that's that's probably something similar i want to do the roughy enclosure like like Mm. similar to that with a little lot more crevices so they can wedge themselves in and do all that so that is something I do like about my enclosure is coming in and you see them like wedged right in the back corners of it and stuff, you know, all puffed out. So they're kind of touching top and bottom. And yeah, it's, it's so crazy though. Cause if you go to take them off, even if you're using your hand or a hook or whatever, you can feel like it, it's like prying them off. Right? Yeah. It's like, it's like stick to it them. almost. Yeah. It's almost it's like so pulling weird. a gecko off glass almost like you can feel yeah. them like holding on. Yeah. It's completely bizarre. Like it's just, it still takes a, a second to kind of, you know, go, Oh, hang on maybe do it a bit more delicately sort of thing because this thing's actually stuck to this rock work. But yeah. yeah, they get proper attached to it, which is crazy. It kind of feels like, um, yeah, same as when you like pull an ackee out of a crevice or something like that, you know, the tail kind of puffs up or whatever and wedges in there for them. Yeah, I've never kept ackees. They're very underrated lizards. Like as far as monitors go, I just, you can't speak highly of them enough. They're pretty, they're, reasonably cheap when they come around they're hardy as all hell as far as a monitor is concerned yeah you know you you almost can't overcook them and some of the like colors they get too are absolutely gorgeous 
Mm. Super easy to breed. Yeah. But if you get a pair dialed in, they just spit out eggs. Similar to um, bearded dragons. Pretty much. Not as many, obviously. <laughs> and cooler. Yeah, I reckon. Yeah, you can't beat those little monitors. Just watching them hunt and everything else. Mm. It's unreal. I even had... Um, I had... Is that at your end or is that at my end? I can just hear kookaburras going off like absolutely mental. It must be my end. <laughs> I do have a big gum tree like directly above this shed. <laughs> so it could have been here. <laughs> yeah, so... um. I forgot what I was trying to say then. Oh, no. So, yesterday, I actually got the, the baby Gil and I in that tub. I took him out into the sun and just kind of yep. sat with him for like 15 minutes while I was having a coffee. And yeah. it was just so cool just watching the little young kind of come out and sit there on the, on the soil and really flatten themselves right out. And you could just tell that they were just acting like little solar panels and sucking in that heat and, and that UV. It was so cool to see. I just love them under a natural sunlight too. They look different when you get them out in sunlight, I reckon. Yeah. Well, I mean, I sent... I would have showed you the photos and stuff of my Kimbo, or you would have maybe seen it. I took him out in the sun yesterday. Oh, I think I saw the thumbnail on your YouTube video, maybe. Or maybe you sent me the picture, I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, I'll send you, a, send you a quick video now. I know um, you sent me one that uh, Ross McGiven, that image Ross McGiven oh, took. dude, that was insane. Mate, that thing is stunning. Just looking at it right now. Of course, it's the, from the actual Kimberly too. Yeah. The color on those, like that. Look at the the yellow on the tail. Anyone that's just listening, just check out um, Ross McGiven. I think he's on Instagram too, Instagram, Facebook, um, and you'll see this absolutely cracking shot of this Kimberly Rock monitor. The yellow in the tail is almost like a neon yellow. Yeah, it's crazy. Hey, and like the reds and oranges of the back pattern are like proper reds and oranges that just match yeah. identical to the rock work. Yeah. And you can see the rockets on like it, man, that, yeah, absolutely. That's a great shot too. That's like, that's a, you'd hang that on your wall, that picture. Well, I would quite happily. He, he yeah. does sell his prints as well. So you can get them on canvases and all sorts, but that's one image that I think I'd probably actually go out of my way and pay for or, or, you know, request it for a birthday present or something like that. Yeah. That's a gorgeous photo. It really is. He's nailed that. The absolutely other one that I really it. like, and of course I like it is he's got one of a, um, Gil and I hanging off a tree with Uluru in the background. Oh, yeah, I've seen that one, yeah. Yeah, that one just does it for me as well. Yeah, it's amazing because you just sent me that video of your Kimbo. Yeah. The colour difference between the two is insane. Like, oh, yours is a lot darker. But, man, even they're stunning. I love the um, I love the really long snouts they've got, the Kimbos. Yeah, that real flat head to them. Yeah, insane. That's, that's what I, I was having a bit of a giggle when I when I sent you that photo of uh, Ross's one, and then I send you the video and you see how chunky my Kimbo is. I'm going, Jesus yeah. Christ! All right, you're getting nothing. That's the first bugs. thing I thought. I was like, oh, far out! Like the size of it on your on your hands, huge. Yeah, I mean, he's he's puffing out a little bit because he's quite, you know, annoyed. That I'm holding <laughs> him. But, um, yeah, even still, yeah, he's a, a chunky little bugger compared to that one. I might need to. You know, when I move into this apartment, I might need to run him around the lounge room a bit. Yeah. Give him some exercise. Buying one of those harnesses that all the bearded dragon keepers buy their beardies. Oh, God. <laughs> Don't get me started on that. But yeah, I no, I d- too often is, hey, do you guys sell bearded dragon harnesses? No. No, we don't. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's funny. But man, seeing that, that picture definitely makes me want to get some Kimbos. They're on the list for sure. 
I just I, <clears throat> I don't want to have too much stuff, you know. I don't want to get overwhelmed again with, you know, yeah. heaps of stuff, especially with the kids. But, you know, I, I'd, I'd still like I'd like to breed a couple of things here and there, though. You know, green tree pythons would be a thing I'd love to breed and rough scales, and I'd love to breed some kimbos as well, just for the experience. I th- but um, I honestly yeah. think like I've got a lot of stuff here that I'm not planning to breed at all. Yeah. I mean, if I do down the line, so be it or whatever. But I've got a lot of animals that are just pets. Um, but at the same time, that I do have animals that are there to make me a little bit of money back to then just put back into electricity, food, all that sort of stuff just to kind of sustain the collection. Yeah. Um, and I do think that's kind of... It's probably not so bad with the collection of what you're planning. But yeah. currently of my size, it does need to be able to pay for itself a little bit in my opinion. Well, that's the thing. People don't realise how expensive it actually is to keep a large collection. Oh, it's insane. Yeah. It's a lot of money. Not Especially so when you're buying in. Yeah, this time is good. But, you know, when everything's feeding and there's babies and, you know, especially me because I, I, I couldn't feed roaches. But So I was buying crickets in every week, you know. Mm. Like I was just, I had an order every week. Just come, come, come. Yeah. But, um, and then there was that cricket shortage oh, I was like pulling my hair out that's why I'm bald <laughs> sure that's the excuse I thought it was the kids that was the missus I just blame her anyway <laughs> but cricket yeah I was shortage of 2017 yeah, oh man was it, is it 17 or 18 no no I don't know I'm just pulling it I think, I think it was no I think you're pretty much about right I think it was 20 2018 yeah right yeah it might have been I think I can't remember but yeah I remember, like, everywhere trying to find crickets. Oh. It's crazy how that happens, hey? how it just kind of goes through a cycle and then all of a sudden something's just missing for a while and everyone freaks out. Yeah. Like, we had that at the shop over over the Christmas break. Like, one of the things that's pretty popular through the shop is um, giant mealworms. You know, it's a yep. bit of a treat for a few larger lizards and stuff like that. And then all yeah. of a sudden, like, Pisces pretty much collapsed their giant mealworms. Um, cultivation system or whatever they've got going on there and then we couldn't get any in yeah uh, yeah people were freaking out that they couldn't give these dragons and stuff their giant mealworms and they're gonna be okay you know we still got crickets roaches you can make them a salad <laughs> yeah exactly they'll be fine <laughs> especially the beardies are all right it's when you start getting things that only eat bugs. you know bugs like your yeah. geckos and stuff like that it's um oh, i was fine i was like oh, my frill neck's not getting any giant mealworms but i'll go and pull a few cicadas off the tree for him instead yeah that's true He's big enough. They go crazy for them too. Oh, bonkers. Love them. Same with the Huntsmans. They love yep. Huntsmans too. So do Beardies. He's a, he's a garbage guts, my, my frilly. He's, yeah. He occasionally, very rarely, just because he's not very active, I'll actually give him like a small mouse or a small quail as well. Yeah. And he'll, he'll smash a quail. I've never seen him eat anything so aggressively as a quail. Well, that's like you're reading all the books, all the, like, they're saying, you know, Nephrius, you can feed the larger, you know, AMEAs and Aspers, pinkies and stuff. Like, mm. they're obviously large enough to eat them because they're huge. Yeah. But, I mean, you could just imagine, you know, the nutrient contents they get, you know, out of a one feed of a pinky compared to bugs, especially yeah. if you've had a couple of eggs out of them because they, you know, at the end of a breeding season, they can look pretty thin once they've laid a few clutches of eggs even if you've pulled the male they still just lay eggs some of them so yeah that's a know. dangerous trap that sometimes too because it's like oh cool you got the size back onto them and then they're like I've got this little boost of energy I need to drop yeah. some more eggs bang yeah that's and right like, oh, back to skinny again <laughs> yep I mean I've had geckos where you've literally I've had to like pull the male 
and stop feeding them to get them to stop laying eggs. I had some strophuras like that. Like if, if you, you know, started frequently feeding them again, they'd just start laying eggs. Even if there was no male in there, they wouldn't, they'd obviously be infertile, but they'd just basically just keep laying eggs. If you get feeding, you'd have to pull the, pull the food for a bit. So they're like, oh, hang on, the food's starting to slow down. I better start reserving mm. all this, this fat content for the winter. But, um, it can be a bit of a dicey game doing that too because yeah. sometimes you get an animal that's just like, I just need to keep producing these eggs because I need to get my DNA out there. That's you right. Know, and they just keep doing it even though you're not giving them food. So then you kind oh, of need yeah. to keep a real close eye on them and be able to go, okay, no, nah, I need to start feeding you again because you are losing too much body condition. So. That's right. And especially if they're on heat. Like if they're on heat like they are, like it's summertime, they'll basically, they won't won't slow down essentially. They'll, they'll basically eat them like, starve to death almost because their their metabolism hasn't slowed down like it does yeah. over the winter uh, crazy little animals that's for sure yeah but um what else is new mate any any other new animals coming in or yeah potentially have talking to mitch is always a trap <laughs> you know, I, would... I missed out on the end because i had uh had a toddler that was screaming for me i could hear him from here down here yeah. so oh it's <laughs> I now see how Eric and Owen and stuff and like other podcast people get trapped into new animals as they start talking about animals to people and then all of a sudden next thing you know is you've got some weird critter coming at your door. Yeah. But yeah, so I was um, talking to Mitch, I think it was after, I think it was after we, re- yeah, it was after we finished up recording and um, also during the week and stuff last week and anyway, looks like I'm getting a mammal keeper's license. <laughs> So, yeah, I think I'm going to get a few little spin effects hopping mice off him. Nice. Just for someone else to have a, have around. Yeah. I just love that, that arid country, you know? Yeah. Like, especially after being out there and then seeing, like, all the little tracks in the sand in the next morning and stuff like that when you're going out looking for thorny devils and stuff. Like, you just see how much life's out there. And I think it's just completely got me fascinated, you know? And There's some amazing little mammals as well. Oh, dude, it's incredible. Like, uh, yeah. yeah, I've completely gone down a wormhole now. I'm like, like I'm on a see? few mammal groups on Facebook and I was like, man, if we could keep some of the stuff that the other states could keep, I'd 100% have a bunch of mammals here as well. Yeah. I, like, there's just so much diversity out there, right? And you just don't hear about it as much as... No. You know, other other hobby groups and stuff like that. And it is something that's definitely lacking in the New South Wales hobby scene is being able to have some experience with this sort of stuff. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Because we can keep the Mitchell's Hopping Mouse and is it the... you got the oh, Plains Rat and... Plains the, Rat, that's right. Yeah, Spin, spin Effect. Hopping Mouse, yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, yeah that, some good. of the some of the other little little critters, like, yeah, oh, well, SA in Victoria, you're allowed to keep uh, sugar gliders. Yeah. Um, I think there's some other, like, small wallabies or something like that you can keep down yeah. there as well if you've got your licenses all, you know, obviously enclosures and stuff are up to par. Like, I don't know about you, but I'd much rather have a wallaby than a dog. Yeah. You know, if you're going to have the backyard and the space and look after the animal properly, yeah. I think having a wallaby would be so much nicer than having a dog. Yeah. If if you, <clears throat> if you I could and I had the space, I'd have, like, large walk-in enclosures like they do at the reptile park, like all the big yeah. bird aviaries, and just have, like, yeah, basically just, like, a wildlife sanctuary almost. Well, that would be my dream. That's, that's, that's the thing, hey, it's like, you know... I've got Australian native fish, whether it be both freshwater and saltwater. I've got Australian yeah. native parrots. Um, you know, I've got a lot of 
oh, and I've had a lot of frogs and, and reptiles and stuff like that. And I'm like, I've never had an Australian native mammal. And get, after no, talking neither. to Mitch for a while, he's like, dude, these things are bulletproof. Like, for, for anybody at home listening, I actually used to breed domesticated rats and mice and stuff like that before I got into reptiles. So I'm like pretty well versed in looking after a rodent. But I don't like the smell of them necessarily. And that was one thing I was like, Mitch, do these things smell? And he's like, no. He's like, they, they honestly don't. Because after doing a bit of research, they've got some of the most efficient kidneys of any mammal on the planet. And they can literally get all their moisture out of the starches in seeds, moisture from crickets, uh, moisture from, um, you know, any plant matter or whatever that they're eating. So you don't actually yeah. have to give them a water source. I mean, it's obviously recommended, like, same as a big yeah, dragon yeah. or whatever. You want to give them some sort of water. Um, but yeah, their, their kidneys are that good at extracting whatever they can out of there that they don't really pass a normal urine. It's like, yeah, it's completely different to a normal mouse. Yeah, I suppose if you think of where they live, you know, sometimes they won't come across water. So it's basically yeah. they've got to get all their um, water out of the stuff they eat. Yeah. yeah it's pretty crazy. I've never thought really. of that, actually. Yeah. So, I'll um, have to get some of them eventually as well. <laughs> he's got stacks, apparently. Mitch will listen to this and I'll get a message from him <laughs> there you go start hassling him I know how many you've got hanging around there Mitch Chase is after half a dozen um, yeah. I've I don't need that many I've already got like uh, an enclosure essentially all planned out for where, where they're going to go as well so they'll go into the same sort of exoterra room as um, most of the kind of geckos and stuff like that I don't really want to put them in a room full of snakes like, yeah, yeah. cleaning day would be fun every time you go in there yeah <clears throat> yeah. I'm not going to do that to them um, I was going to put them in an exoterra too but I actually am going to buy a reptile one enclosure for these guys I know controversy Jason's face Ooh. just lit up for one reason and one reason only reptile one make a 90 centimeter long enclosure by 60 centimeters deep yeah that's so, the only fallback with the exoterras is yeah. that all 45 deep. And because these little things are quite active, yeah, I want to give them that space. Yeah. Yeah, so I could, I mean, I could have gone smaller, but I just think it's a little bit cruel. Yeah. Yeah, that's the only drawback with the Exoterras is the um, the depth on them. I wish they did a, a 600 deep. And a 1200 wide. Yeah. Yeah, they do the 90, and that's as wide as they go, and they only do the 90 high too. Yeah. But, like, I, can but I mean, yeah. This is the thing, right? Like, I, I do understand. I think throughout all the enclosure sizes that they have, it's the same glass thickness. I'm pretty yeah. sure. So, it doesn't change as per however big the enclosure goes. So, I can understand if they were going to make a, you know, a really, really big enclosure, then it might be a little bit more due to the glass thickness. But if you made the glass thicker, people would still pay it. Oh, yeah. If they like the enclosure, they'd still pay for the enclosure if it was a little bit thicker and a bit deeper and a bit wider. Yeah, I mean, they just bought out that whole new frog range. Like, that's a pretty, um, you know, I can't see too many people getting rid of, like, especially in the US, like all those people that keep the dart frogs. I can't see too many people basically changing their whole collection over because no. they've got all those tanks that are all planted and everything else. Yeah. But, I mean, if you were new getting in, they'd probably be pretty handy. But, um yeah. Well, it does save you drilling glass and stuff like that. You know, you can already have That's a drain right. all plumbed. Like, all you got to do is connect some hosing and stuff like that. And they're already set up to have those monsoon nozzles and stuff installed into them. I'm sure you could probably swap it out to Miss Kings or something like yeah, that. Yeah, you could do easy. something. Yeah. But they do look pretty cool. I do like the idea of 
the one solid single door, but um, mm. some stuff for your keep though. It's probably not the best idea, especially if you've got a few runners. Yeah. Yeah, and it, I mean, it does depend on what you're keeping, right? Like even some of those small, like small frogs that I had, they got a long leap on them. So having those two doors was a bit of a godsend because, you know, they jump out and at least they're hitting the glass. They're not hitting you know, the garage floor out two meters away where they, they were going yeah. to try it for. But uh, yeah, I do like those new Exoterra enclosures that they brought out. But after, I mean, I've got near, what, 30 Exoterras or something now. There's yeah. no way I'm just adding in. And your whole new. Yeah. I already feel dirty getting a reptile one in. <laughs> yeah, true. I might have to see if I can do like a bit of a shuffle to put it on the other side of the room away from all the exoterras or something, maybe so they don't touch. So they don't feel violated. Yeah. <laughs> I've even got like yeah. a little... I don't know if you can see that. I've got like a little diagram of... Oh, yeah. The camera's not really picking it up. Yeah, now I can see it now. Yeah, so I've got like a diagram of... Uh, how I'm kind of planning to lay everything out, but pretty yep. much where you can see one of those 90 by 60 gillens enclosures down the bottom, I'll probably put yep. like the mice down there. I yeah, right. Just into that same sort of spot. But yeah, no, that's awesome. So that's that's one wall. Then over the other side, I've got my sitting a little podcast desk as well. Yeah, sorry nice. to all the listeners at home. I'm just trying to share my excitement with Jason here as to what I'm planning to build. Yeah, well, I plan on um <clears throat> doing basically having the boids green trees hopefully some chameleon geckos one day again um having like a rainforest side and then like a like a kimberly side essentially yep so i'll have like the roughies the um gillens not gillens just like gillens here we go i mean um kimbos nah (laughs) kimbos and um hopefully some um philosopoda again yep Velvet geckos, but um, and then obviously the frogs as well. I'll probably do them. I mean, like a little rainforesty type planted setup. But um, yeah, basically just have large enclosures, and that's probably kind of unless I found something cool from probably similar regions. I kind of like those two, those two areas. Yeah. Um, maybe I wouldn't mind getting some leaf tails again as well. Well, I'm sure I'll be able to sort you out with something down the line. Yeah. So, but um, I do miss them there pretty They're cool, cool so. man like i was even just feeding some of my leafies tonight and just watching them like all of a sudden just shimmy down the wall and snatch crickets yeah. and stuff like that like can you feed by hand too yeah i've done that i did that with the cornutus and i got bitten i started bleeding <laughs> they've actually got pretty sharp bites they've got on. a good bite yeah <laughs> not as bad um have you been bit by a cave gecko you haven't have you no yeah that's yeah they've got a good bite but um i've, I've even thought about keeping them again one day but i don't know I don't want to, like I said, I don't want too much stuff. I just want to keep it relatively small. For now. Yeah, for Let's now. see how we go. You know, if we're doing this for 10 years or something like that, potentially. It might be different, yeah. It might be different if by I, the end of it. <clears throat> if I had a bit more space too, like like this is half a, like I've got half a garage and obviously this is going to be in my office as well. So, yeah. you know, I need still need a work desk in here and, and all that stuff as well. So. And the thing is too, is you want to do decent size enclosures to really have some yeah, that's right. decent space for these animals and stuff too not just kind of have yeah. animals stacked on top of animals yeah that's right and a beer fridge in the corner so <laughs> come oh, and do some office work that. quote unquote <laughs> sit like back a and have a beer tiny little fridge for underneath the podcast desk yeah how good would that be oh, mate 
Geez, these podcasts get pretty messy, wouldn't they? <laughs> we say that while I'm already drinking three fingers of whiskey out of a, um, the Australian Herpticulture podcast tumbler. So I've got a. I'm already onto my. I've had a few beers today. I did a bit of work around the house, but um, I've got a Yeti cooler that's got an Australian Herpticulture podcast sticker on it. So <laughs> very nice, very nice. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, yeah. I definitely don't mind having a drink while we're doing this. It's pretty much the one time I have a drink a week. Yeah. Stage, so I don't mind having a having a brewski. I've had a few over this uh, lockdown. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> doing work on the backyard and crack a nice cold one, but a glass of wine here and there with dinner. Don't have to worry about waking up in the morning, so it's good. Lockdown. I'm actually. Life. I'm. I feel refreshed. That's what I was saying to my wife just before I come down. She's like, oh, like the day. I think it was. She rang me because I FaceTime the kids every morning. And um, she FaceTimed me, I think it was a couple of days before the lockdown got announced. And she's like, I got home. And she's like, oh, oh today, sorry, I was talking to her. And she's like, oh, I, I remember when I FaceTimed you the day, a couple of days before the lockdown. And she goes, you looked like defeated. I was like, oh, I felt it. She goes, you had these massive bags under your eyes. I'm like, yeah, I was like, I just needed, I literally said to her, like, I just need two weeks off and then lockdown come so it's you know i feel like energized again it's good i was wasn't going to say anything but i think it was when we were filming with jake yeah you just look super tired oh and man like, whilst you were like super into the podcast and everything too which was awesome you could just yeah. tell that you need, needed a few extra z's up your sleeve or something oh well i'd been doing like seven days straight a couple of weeks um 13 hour days that's not including the the travel Oof. You know, that's massive. Yeah. But, so um, tag another three hours of travel onto that too. That's a long day. Yeah, minimum. You know, yeah. or COVID with the traffic with the COVID, it's pretty good. But um, I tell you what, I'm getting some sweet parking at work with it now. I bet you are. Yeah. The, Brook, the Brookvale Oval is getting all work, uh, work and stuff done to it. Yeah. All of a sudden, that job site's been shut down, so now I'm getting like pole position every day. It's fantastic. <laughs> Don't have oh, so you're trainees. right near. Oh, okay, you're right near Brookie Oval. Across the road. Yep. Like oh, I know that. Yeah. I know where it is. I've yeah. driven past that same time. I was like, oh, I should stop in there one time. I didn't know that was where you worked. Yeah. That's Because I've worked. gone to, I've gone, there's a there's a wholesaler, literally, there's the Maccas on the corner there. Yep. And there's a wholesaler, like, just like another 100 metres down the road. Yep. I did, um, around the corner, there was a, a medical centre. Mm-hmm. I did that medical centre around the corner. And I also did, what else did I do there? A storage at Chroma. I did a storage centre at Chroma. Yep. So I was there for probably six months, but I used to drive past it all the time. Yep. There you go. How long have you I've never been that? to that shop. Uh, the storage shed would have been probably a year and a bit ago. Oh, all right. Yeah. yeah. So not that long ago. Yeah, or maybe two years ago. Even still, I still would have been working away down there. Yeah. Could have said hi. Yeah, I've I was always looked like oh, I should stop in there one day, but I'd always have someone else in the car or something else, no, one of the work enough. boys or something. But but yeah, no, that's cool. I didn't realise you'd ever worked that close. Yeah, the medical centre I did was literally like it's probably you probably know it's right near the shopping centre, kind of not too far yeah. from you. It's yeah, big one there. Oh yeah, hundred percent know the one. It looks like an yeah. airport inside. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that one was a while ago. I did that one a while ago. That was probably yeah. five six years ago. But um, but yeah. Anyway, That's people don't want to hear about where I worked. 
just talking about <laughs> random stuff now. Yeah. Hey, I'm going to have a bit of a quick gripe about our licensing system. I know that this Go is like it. a, you know, every episode we bring something up, but just to make it a little bit relevant, applying for this mammal license, right? Mm-hmm. Now, think about when you go and get your basic reptile license. You hop online, type in reptile license, please, pay you $56 or whatever it costs you, and 20 minutes later, it turns up in your inbox. Yeah. For me to add a class one or, or an M1 or basic mammal license to my license, I have to fill, off, fill out a form, scan it, email it to them, and then hope that they actually see it. Like for a basic license, but I could go online and I could purchase a mammal license, get it instantly. But if I want to add it to my existing animal keeper's license, which you're supposed to do, because if you don't, you get yelled at. I've been there before and did that with the frog thing. And then all of a sudden I had somebody going, hey, you got two different license numbers. Why'd you do this? Yeah. It just does my head in about how Uh, simple that could be. I think they're a bit understaffed and underfunded. I agree. I do agree. I mean, I can't see the government giving them too much money to, you know, have people in the office and... But where's the revenue going? Probably in the government's pocket. (laughs) Like everything else. That's my point, right? It's like if you're going to be raising this much revenue and you've got enough revenue coming in, at least give the guys a couple more staff members. Yeah. Like hypothetically, there's probably about two people that work in this bloody office. Yeah. I could be wrong. So if you do work in this office, I'm sorry. But at the same time, you know, if you gave them another two staff members, then at least then they're going to have a little bit more manpower to try to try to work these things a little bit easier, try to get people's, you know, license requests in through a lot easier. Because I know mm. getting an advanced license, like an R2 or an A2 license, like that's like a three-month affair. Yeah. I was lucky when I did mine. Fire out, I don't have mine for now. I've had my advanced license for at least six, seven years, maybe eight years. I think I've had it for. I just basically did it and it come like two weeks later. That's pretty good. Yeah. I, I felt really lucky. I got mine, I think I got mine within three months. Mm. But I've heard plenty of people that have been like seven, eight, nine months. Yeah. Which, to me, that's not cool, really. Because like they're, you, you know, the whole system for it too, like, it just seems a little bit silly as to how you got to go about getting like an advanced license. Like I don't know about like R three, R four, R five. I know those are obviously going to be a lot more complex. But even just getting an R two license, you essentially have to write out like an essay as to why you want what species of animal and stuff. Like it just seems a little bit ridiculous to me. It's like yeah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> just thought I'd get that off my chest. <laughs> I, I have no idea when this mammal license coming. <laughs> it's, that's half the half the annoyances. It just should be something that's so automated, you know. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, this. I mean, I guess the um, the import permits and all that are pretty automated now, so that's pretty handy. Um, R two is still a bit takes a bit of time to come in, but R two is clunky. Yeah. As soon as you try to do anything different from a basic, uh, buying a basic reptile license, like straight up. Or, or whatever, you know, there. Um, or if you're doing a basic import license, those are straightforward, instant, get it done and dusted. Anything advanced or any add-ons to anything, like if you're trying to do the right things, completely clunky. Yeah. But. The person may not even be de- dedicated to just that. They're probably working on other parts of, 
national parks as well, I'd say. And, you know, they probably only get allocated a certain amount of time a week yeah. to get oh, to look, it. Like, I'd, I'd say that's probably what it is. I'd, I'd almost put it in the same boat as they're probably doing things like fishing licenses and stuff like oh, that as yeah. well. You know, like they're not just doing animal keepers licenses. Like whilst there's enough, probably enough work there to keep somebody employed just doing animal keepers licenses. Yeah. They, they probably are spread thin across the board and, and doing all sorts of stuff. But anyway, hopefully with the amount of revenue that we now know that they're getting, they should actually be doing something proper with it and supporting these these staff and stuff like that to get them on the right track and get them a bit of help yeah but uh yeah anywho different topic have you started looking at any sort of um uh frames for these posters i'm dying to give them to you oh no i haven't actually i completely forgot about them again until you just mentioned it I haven't stopped thinking about them because I'm trying to think about how I'm going to hang them and stuff. I still haven't pulled them out of the roll though because I'm scared to damage them. So yeah, I'm not sure, eh? There's um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. I haven't really thought about it. Like I said, I completely forgot about them. So I'm excited to meet up with you and actually give them to you. Yeah, I can't. Last I haven't seen you for ages, person to person. Would have been oh, the expo. Expo. Yeah, I suppose that wasn't that long ago. That was a couple of months or so now. Yeah, true. That was a good day. But um, yeah, no, I'm keen to see these in the flesh. These um, posters. Yeah, they. I mean, as I said, I only pulled them out for a quick peek. Um, so much so that I didn't even measure them up to see what they'd fit in. You know, I should probably yeah. should have thrown a tape over them just to see, so I could at least buy a frame. Yeah, matching frames. Maybe if I get a, ch- a chance over the weekend, I'll do that and I'll measure them up and send you some measurements and stuff. So then you know yeah. what you're in for as well. Because worst case, you'd have to get some custom frames. And that'd get a bit pricey. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to do that. Laminate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's dirty, but I might it does. go down that route if that's the case. But, but um, no, I'm keen to see him in the flesh. Because I remember years ago when he, when I first saw him post the pictures of him actually painting the, like drawing the, um, drawing all the animals, all the geckos and everything by hand. I asked him, but yeah, it was just too expensive for postage. But, you know, when you got two people doing it, it made it worth it wild. Yeah, it only became like $30 a head postage or something like yeah, that. Yeah, compared to whatever it was. I remember asking him, he's like, oh, to be honest, the postage is probably too expensive. And he told me, I was like, whoa, yep, it definitely is. Because I think back then I just wanted, you know, a leaf tile one or something else. But now we're like, you're like, I'm going to get these ones. Like, yeah, I'll get all the same. May as well. Yeah, May as well make it worth your while with postage. Yeah, exactly. So that's why we got the four of them each. Made it, yeah. made it really worthwhile. I don't even know how he crammed them all in there. Because it's not even like it's a big roll or anything like that either. No. It's tiny. Yeah, it is too. Oh, wow, I thought it was a, a thicker one. No, it's, <clears throat> it's like proper tiny. When you see the size of my hand to, yeah. to how small that is, it's just got them really tightly bound in there. But yeah, I thought I'd just leave them in there. They're nice and safe. Yeah. I don't want to touch them and damage anything up. Yeah. Um, speaking of other things, I've ordered um, two more books. <laughs> that Did other you? frog book. Yeah. Which one? <laughs> Through the um, AHS, the Australian Herpetological Society, they yep. had the uh, launch of the, because I'm a member of the society, they had a launch of, let me just try and find these books. Give me two seconds. Because mm. um, I want to do the book credit. While you're just having a look for there, just to kind of... Photographic feel. Field Guide to Frogs of Australia. Oh, yeah. So the book launches tomorrow, but I don't think that'll be happening because of COVID. But um, oh, I did see that getting advertised. Yeah, 
through the HS, but um, yeah, it'll probably get pushed back again due to COVID. But um, might ask Mitch see if Mitch knows what's happening with it. But um, whether or not I can just get the book sent. But that should be a good book too. Um, That'd be an awesome book. Yeah. I honestly love any sort of field guide book. Oh, anything with um, <clears throat> the way some of the because obviously I like photography as well but you know some of the photographs that are in these books are stunning like in um, Scott's book yep man some cracker images in that book yeah, it's kind of crazy to see a few of our uh, not only Scott of course but a few of the other guests that we've had on the show they've got some photos in there as well like both yeah. Jake Meany and Matt Somerville have got their photos in there that's really impressive yeah. and then I, I have recognised a few other names throughout that book as well I believe um yeah, no, it's a really good book. Something that I did like about it, what I think a lot of books, in particular field guide books, have to do, or they should do, in my opinion, is actually have, like, habitat shots. Yeah. So, I think that that's, that can be lacking a lot in a lot of field guide books, but I kind of like how, you know, Scott and Ty have put the, the kind of habitat shots at the beginning of the book, just so you can kind of get a rough idea of what habitat looks like you know so when they say something like black soil plains you can actually have a photo and see okay that's what the black soil plains kind of look like yeah you get a bit of a good idea about where the animal comes from and it's not like there has to be a habitat shot with every animal sort of no thing. but it gives you like the the basic idea yeah like don't get me wrong i love seeing those habitat photos with the animal in it too you know those real yeah. wide angle shots and you kind of see where they're sitting but they wouldn't really suit that kind of book, though. But um, no, 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 no. So yeah, any sort of field guide, you really want those close-up shots, just full frame, mm. filled with animal, essentially. But yeah, no, it is a really good little book. It's so small too. Like this is such a book that you could take away herping with you. Yeah. Like I know it'd Handy be kind little. of sacrilege to take it off the shelf, but at the same time. Yeah. You know. That's why I might get another copy that's not signed, so I can just. Yeah, I might have to do that no. too. That's what I like to do with books. I like to get a couple of signed copies and then just a copy that I read. Like, I generally don't read the books that are signed. It's just me being an, a book nerd. <laughs> um, yeah. That's one thing that I am looking forward to buying is a bookshelf. Yeah. Really, really looking forward to that. I think we're going to go shopping uh, online at Ikea soon. Damn, I might do the same. Do they send it? Do Ikea actually send? Like, Oh, they post anything. Do they? I've said I've bought online from Ikea. I've always gone to the shop. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's not going to cost you anything to, you know, uh, post it from the shop if you're already there picking it up. But Yeah. And uh, I think it kind of goes off package sizes and stuff like that. Like, it's a bit of a weird thing, but I'm pretty sure they've got, like, their own delivery vehicles that kind of deliver stuff around. Because my, my nah, in-laws, they got, like, a whole library worth of bookshelves actually delivered down here. And I think it did cost them a fair bit, but, you know, better than them lugging it back and forward yeah so. yeah I'd love that thanks but to COVID I, don't have I think enough that's books. all we're going to have to do is deliver everything get everything delivered yep without trying so it might be a bit of a shot in the dark I love it when you've ordered something you've forgotten you've ordered it and it comes in the post like what the frick's this and you're going oh I forgot about that I, I, there was one point I did that with books I was just ordering books and just forgot what I'd got and then oh I forgot that one oh, I got that one it was unreal that's awesome. That's what happened That's with Scott's book. I was like, what the hell is this? I haven't ordered any books. Well, yours come two days before mine. I saw your post and I was like, oh, I forgot about that. Well, actually, no, I got the email saying it was sent. But, um, and then I saw you got yours and I was like, check my mailbox. I'm like, no, nah, it's not there. Then the next time I'm like, check the mailbox. I'm like, oh, it's still not there. And then I saw <laughs> the Oz Post fan pull up. I'm like, surely that's got to be it. That's awesome. So, but no, actually, I like the little numbered cards in them as well. 
I think. Yeah. Pretty cool. Did you get a magnet? Uh, I've got a magnet in another book. I got a. No, I didn't get one in this book. I don't think. I got a little thorny devil magnet. I can't wait no. to put that up on my fridge. Oh no, I did. Please. I lied. I did get a magnet. There you go. Is it a thorny? Yep. Yeah. How good's that? It's got the number yeah. on. Yeah. You number twelve. Yeah, I'm number eleven and twelve. Oh, I have to go and check my number. I, I actually want to say that I'm thirteen. I think you're a bit higher than that. I remember seeing your number. We got oh, we got. Just I wonder what Luke was. <laughs> I'm eleven, 11 and twelve. Oh, there you go. No, I actually ended up um, ordering another field guide book online not too long ago. Actually, it was actually a um, a mammal one this time. Just oh, nice. Different. Well, it's one of those things that you always see out herping. And, you know, yeah. I've always got, you know, tons of reptile books and stuff like that. But I should actually start collecting a few extra bird and mammal books and stuff like that as well, just to have kicking around. So if you do see something or snap a photo of something you've never seen before, then... You can check it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, even around here, like, I run into mammals that I didn't even know existed, like antichinus and stuff like that. Yeah. I think I've got something in my backyard. I got all these little random holes starting to get dug all through my backyard. Bandicoots. Yeah, that's what I think it is. Yeah, we got them here too. They've just torn up the lawn. Yeah, I love it though because you go out there and you startle them and they're just like, and they like hop away making this weird sound. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen them yet. I've just seen the holes. So I'm hoping I find one tonight when I go out. I just got all these random holes dug in the yard. So, uh, but um, I've got a security camera. I've got to actually finish setting it up so I can see what it is. But, um, you haven't bought any uh, grid connect gear yet? Not yet, no. So I'll probably, maybe once I get this tank set up, I think I'll get one. Yep. Um, that way I can have a look and see, you know, see what it's all like and get the lights coming. I've just got the old plug-in single conventional, oh, it's not conventional, it's a um, digital timer at the moment just for the lights, for the frogs and the... Um, because this this is pretty dark. Oh, I've got a like a big window, but um, there's a, a passion fruit vine that covers this shed. It kind of hangs over the window, so I like to keep lights on a lot of stuff just so they know, you know, it's daytime. Because it's still it's it's quite dark in this room still. I might cut a big skylight in the roof one day. I think. I can't do that with mine. Yeah, otherwise, I'd be seeing somebody else's yeah, <laughs> somebody Someone's else's bedroom. legs or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they won't appreciate that. One day we'll get a place that's actually able to have that done. But I'd love to do that in a place. If you have the option to, I think that'd be so cool to yeah. be able to do that just for that extra light. And as we were talking to Scott, even that moonlight and stuff like that, you know, the animals get a bit of a potential moon cycle and that from the, the light the moon gives off. Yeah. I think that plays a big part in things, the moon cycle. Mm. In summer, I try because I've got two doors. I've got a screen door and a, um, and a metal door, like just a, a garage door. I try and keep the garage door open. And the screen door um, closed, locked. Yep. So that way, you know, it gets like some moonlight. It gets a bit of, you know, a nice breeze in here and all that stuff just throughout the summer. Obviously, wouldn't do it in winter because, you know, it'd be freezing. But, um, you know, it gets a bit of moonlight, a bit of a, bit of a breeze through here. And, That's how you, you get know, when the, when the rain going. comes. Yeah, when the rain comes, the storm, and get, the, you know, that change in barometric pressure and all that oh, stuff. Yeah. So, Especially for things like stuff. frogs. They go nuts for that, mm. especially during summer. No, I like um, I like at the moment I kind of go in over the morning and I'll open up the, the window in the garage for like the half an hour or whatever that I'm there just to really get any sort of leftover heat from the night out of there 
So yep. just, just that little bit of extra uh, temperature drop just for the time being, just to kind of get that little bit more chilled. I found that worked so well with my Gill and I last year. Um, I've even flicked the lights off them to, to them completely now, except for the UVB. So they're getting zero heat whatsoever. Now. Yeah. And I'll, I'll just leave it like that for another couple of weeks. Well, I've done that with, I've always done that with everything I've ever kept, unless it was hatchies but, um, or baby stuff. But I don't have no heat over night time. I'm talking about daytime. Oh, daytime. Wow. Mm. Yeah, right. The first thing that got me thinking about that was when I went to Marcus Healy's place to pick up a Northern Leaftail Gecko that I bought off Josh Thompson. And I walked into his reptile room and he's like, and it was like all dark. I'm like, something's not right here. Well, it was pretty much all dark. And he's like, oh yeah, everything's just down for, down for winter. Had them all cooling down, like dramatically Makes cooling sense down. if you think about it, yeah. Well, you think about it, like even our ambient temperatures during the day, you know, they'd, they'd get up there a little bit, but, you know, you want those animals that might be down in a burrow freezing to get cold. Yeah. You know, but if they've got the heat lights on them during the day and they can't escape that warmer ambient temperature, then maybe they're not getting cold enough to reproduce. Hmm. Well, I don't know. I'm just toying around with stuff now, but I did this last year and I just kind of killed the lights to the breeding pair for... It was about a week or two. Like, I didn't do it for too long. And then all of a sudden, I flicked the lights back on and they were mating like mad. Like, they were just like... It was like a light switch went off physically yeah, in the right. cage. And they just went, nope, spring's here. Time to get going, so... Oh, that's good, I guess. Yeah. Play around with it a bit, but... Whatever works at the end of the day. Yeah, that's it, I suppose. You'll probably be able to have um, a lot more steady temperatures in your new place, too. Mm. Being inside, so... Yeah. Oh, look, where they are now, too, like, they're um, they're pretty deep in the, the garage, too, so, like, it would hold a bit more temperature. Like, they're essentially against a wall that backs onto the house, so it's not like they've yep. got that sort of outside temperature hitting the wall where they are. I, yep. wouldn't, I wouldn't do that with the ones that I have on the, like, the Exoterra wall, for example, just because they are, they're definitely colder on that side. Yeah. Like, you can feel that that temperature's dropped there. But, yeah. Have you noticed your leaf tiles are still relatively active? Oh, why Berber are running around hunting? I literally fed them like yeah. an hour ago. It's crazy, yeah. An hour ago, two hours ago. Um, yeah, dude, they're just on fire. They're actually looking fatter than ever. So yeah, I just roll with it. You know, they're they're a cold temperate animal. Yeah, I think that's the thing. Yeah, I mean, I always fed them in winter, but um, most of the leaf tiles were relatively active. Obviously, it's cooler here than where some of them were from, but um. Yeah, a lot of them always ate in the winter. Even the chameleon geckos that eat during the winter. Yeah, wow. So, that I wouldn't have expected. Yeah, they were active as well. They didn't like, you know, they, yeah, basically all the leaf tails, obviously all the stroughs and that slowed down quite a bit. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, most of the stuff was, I mean, they'd still eat the stroughs every now and then, like you'd chuck crickets in and that, and they'd still smash them and hunt. But they slowed down a considerable amount compared to um, the summertime, so... I tell you what, that's one thing I'm super glad of is the fact that it isn't summer and I'm moving everything. At least it's winter, so everything's already kind of like sluggish, doesn't really yeah. care what's going on so much, you know. So, uh, And they are technically going to be inside where they're going, so it's not like it's like a, a crazy shock or, or anything. Like, if anything, they're going to be a little bit warmer than where they were. Yeah. Um, I'm very glad about how that kind of just lined up, so hopefully that'll still kick me okay for the season and hopefully I'll still be able to get a few babies out here and there but uh it might yeah. be worth um cracking a window a couple of nights just to 
cool the room down just a tiny bit more compared to what it would be. That way right. they don't, you know, start to think, oh, it's a bit warmer now, you know. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, if I'm staying up there, because it's going to be a bit of a gradual move. Yep. If, and I dare, dare say I'll be staying up there most nights, to, you know, just setting stuff up and doing whatever. So I'll probably be there and just camping out in the rooms with them anyway. So, yeah, I'll, I'll crack a few windows here and there. Just to... I'd hate for them to all wake up and then all of a sudden I'm like, hey, guys, it's still winter. (laughs) (laughs) I know it's not as cold as what it was. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I thought. If you crack the window, it'll still be, you know, because they're they're pretty, you know, temperature. They know the difference, like these frogs and the stuff like that, like that little bit extra temperature and they're they're a lot more active. It's crazy. How are your boys doing? I haven't actually asked how they're doing. Yeah, good. Going great, eh? Yeah. They they hunkered down a little bit, but um, you know, the last today was warm. Uh, yesterday was was it yesterday? Yesterday. The warmer cool. days, they're a lot more active. Yeah. Obviously, you know, they're um down, eating on the ground, changing branches, and but they've kind of got their little spots they all like. Yeah. You know, and when it's cold, they're pretty much in those spots that they like for most of the day. They pretty much don't really move too much, but these warmer days have, you know, roamed roamed the enclosure a little bit. Yep. But I'm just keen to get this big one set up and all planted and, and all that, make sure it's all good. So I'll probably go down the, uh, try and keep, you know, some native rainforest plants in there, like from that area kind of thing, just to try and keep it a little bit more realistic, so to speak, rather yeah, than sticking. Sort of yeah, you know, that's what I, I probably I want to do a bit more of. Yeah. Just trying to do that. Obviously, it'd be a bit hard, you know, with some of the larger bodied snakes. Like green tree pythons would be fine, but even the ruffies would probably be fine with some plants in there. Oh, yeah. I can't imagine them being too destructive, but. I've got plants with mine. They do trash them a little bit, but they're not as bad. Like, they're kind of like a green. Like, honestly, yeah. they're, not, they're not too bad. Like, they'll crumple a leaf here or there or whatever, but they're not They're not horrible. No. I'm, um, when I move, I'm going to put a couple of ficus, I reckon, in with my, with, uh, with my ruffies. Yep. Just because that's actually like a, you know, obviously a solid branch sort of plant. Solid plant, yeah. Yeah, and if they snap a branch here or there, it just grows back anyway. Like it's yeah. almost impossible. They're pretty hardy, those ficus. Which which ficus are going to go? I don't know. I want to kind of shop around and see if I can find something a little bit out of the ordinary. You yeah, know, okay. there's so many standard sort of varieties out there. Like those, uh, what is it, Benjamina or whatever? Benjamina, yeah. Yeah. So I want to see if I can find something a little bit different. Like maybe find an actual... An actual native or something like that from potentially around that area that would be really cool I reckon there is yeah. there is one I was looking it up a while ago I'm going to forget the name I know that my my local native nursery has it and it is one that I believe comes from I think it's a Queensland ficus so obviously not a Kimberley one but it, it, it has like different leaf structure to Benjamina like it's like a proper big leaf and has a different root system and stuff I can't remember the name to save my life right now um, but I think I might go just down something like that, you know, just to spice it up a little bit different. Like it kind of gets a bit boring if you have the same plants in every tank. and Yeah. You know, I like chopping and changing it a little bit. But I do have some I do have some plants already in the Boyd's enclosure that I've built. They're just in their pots still, but they're like getting used to the lights and everything that are in that enclosure now. And I've just been watering them in there. And yeah, they've been, they've been cranking along. I've got... Um, a non-native rapist palm in there just because I absolutely love the look of those those plants they're uh, really really cool and the boys will be able to climb them too yeah okay yeah I might um, 
try and shop for some plants the next few days I think because I've got one more coat left and then I'll do some paint and then let it air out for a bit and plant it up so well apparently nurseries are essential yeah I know <laughs> flower power have been hassling me with texts yeah. hey 20% off this 50% off that please come in <laughs> yeah yeah well uh, we, I drove past the other one the other day and I was, like, I was like oh there you go I didn't even think they'd be open but we've got a big is it flower power I can't remember what the big one is down the road we've got a big one down the road so might have to uh, duck in there and see what they got but there's a few native ones pretty close too so I might try and go to some of the native ones oh, usually the native ones are good because not only do you know you're buying native but you're also generally supporting smaller businesses yeah so that's kind of like and they, they're generally cheaper too if you can buy like tube stock plants like you'll buy like a plant for like five seven bucks yeah you know like sure it's small but they grow <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Like, I've got these little salt bush that's growing in with my uh, golden tail gecko, and that's just growing like a weed at the moment, which I'm really stoked on. Um, You know, that only cost me five bucks, so it was kind of like a bit of a punt. You know, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. At least it's only $5 and not a $25 plant or something. Yeah, I'll probably get a couple of bigger ones for this one, so I try and fill up the space a bit. Yeah, of course. um, So it'd be a bit more expensive, but, um, you know, a couple of small ferns for down on the ground cover as well. But... I've just got to see. Might have a have a look the next couple of nights and see what what type of plants I want to chuck in there. So I haven't really thought it out too much yet. It sounds like you need to go for an essential exercise bushwalk as well to find some branches potentially. Yes. Yeah, I've got a couple of good spots to do that. So yeah. not too far away. Went the other day up to Mount Elliot with the kids just for a, for a walk. So had a quick stroll around there just to get them out of the house because they were going nuts. So. <laughs> Go and wear them out a bit. Yeah, but um, yeah, and I've got a few good places I'll go for a, for a nice bush walk, get some fresh air, get some branches, a bit of leaf litter. Yeah, I was actually thinking about that the other day. I was actually not too far from here um, with my wife, just going for a bit of a bush walk while she was on her lunch break. And I was like, damn, I should have brought like a massive shopping bag with me and a glove just so I could just scoop up a whole bunch of this leaf litter because I was looking really, I was like this thick on the ground, like, you know, 20 centimetres deep. I'm like, it's not going to miss one shopping bag from this area, you know? Nah. It's absolutely and yeah, you're probably out of, you know, and there'd be no pesticides, nothing there. Oh, no, like I was off the beaten track. Like we went yeah. down like a fire trail and then I went like maybe 200 metres off the fire trail. You know what I mean? So I was pretty, pretty deep in there. Yeah, but, uh, look like this sus guy with a garbage bag coming out of the bushes. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing my luck, I'd find an adder while I was scooping it. Yeah, oh, that'd be pretty cool though. <laughs> it would be, as long as I had the glove on. Yeah. A bit of peace of mind. But yeah, yeah. I do need to do that because I'm almost run out of leaf litter actually and it's probably not a bad idea to grab a bag of that before I move up. up, up uh, before I kind of know the area and know any tracks and stuff like that up a bit closer to you. Like It'd be nice to have that kind of stuff on hand. Yeah. But uh, no, that's what I, I just <clears throat> I can't just can't wait to get this closure finished, really. Get them out of this smaller one and um, get the Miss King all set up again and test it all. Make sure go from clear. there. Yeah, actually, I don't I have, to, I have to check if this one works. I'm pretty sure it does. I know, I know the pump works. Oh, no, nah, I did. I did give you the good one. I checked them both before I sent them. Okay, good. <laughs> before I dropped it off, <laughs> I did give you the good one, but um, I've got it. Yeah, I don't know if the power adapter for it works. I might have to get a power adapter for it, but um, 
shouldn't be too hard to, to source, but um, I know the pump works. Yep. But yeah, I don't think the power adapter for it works. So I've just got to source a power adapter for it. Oh, that's pretty easy done. Yeah, it's not too hard. I just got to find the right um, amperage for it. And yeah. voltage is pretty easy. But um, yeah, shouldn't be too hard. Just go to J-Car and get one. Good thing you know a Sparky. Yeah. Don't know a good one though. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it'd be good to get that set up and I'll plumb it in with the frogs and everything else as well. So, Or maybe not because I might even take the frogs inside yet. So, That'd be cool. Yeah. At least your wife's like, you can see it's kind of creeping into her a little bit too. She's like, oh, this would, you know, these animals or these frogs or whatever look pretty good in the house. That's pretty good. She said if we had a, if we had a bigger house, she said I could have like this a huge one, in like a huge enclosure inside with like multiple animals in it. Like if, you know, do like a big pond in the bottom or something with like a, um, up the top, I'd have like green trees up the top or something with a big, you know, pond down the bottom and try maybe have some turtles from roughly the same area you know big pond down the bottom and vines up the top like that kind of setup and then maybe have like a divider in it and have some frogs in one side and something along those lines I've always thought about trying to do something like that where it's kind of like staggered or cascaded sort of thing so it all looks like one enclosure when you look at it but then you just got to yeah and it would be awesome to have have like a little cascading waterfall or something going down into that pond or something down the bottom you could have yeah you know turtles and green trees down the bottom where the like the main pond is you could have like some frogs in one section maybe do some boids in another you know have like prickly forest skinks and maybe another small frog species or something in another one or like your chameleon geckos or something like that like that'd be that's what i'd do if i had a bigger house but um yeah, and then, you know, it's a showpiece too. It's not just like a, yeah, you know, a tank in the corner. It's actually like real plants, waterfalls, everything had a big drainage for it. And it becomes like artwork. That. Yeah, that's pretty much what it is. It's like if people come over, it's a talking piece. It's not like, yeah, you know, I mean, so that's the thing. You some of the enclosures you see now compared to years ago. You know, they're actually like, like artwork almost. Some of the ones people are setting up. Well, that's the shift in the hobby lately, right? Yeah. Over that's these good. last few years, and it's a, I think it's a well, shift. Well, was that one I tagged you in. It was like the boy, that big Boyd's enclosure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yep, yep. Yeah, it was like, out, out, it looked like it was outside someone's house, but it was, you look through the window kind of thing, like. Yeah. You know, it's, I've seen a few good um, external lizard pits that are like, you know, outside. It's almost like an alcove. And it's kind of built into like where all the windows are. I've seen a few good pits like that over the years, but um, you know, yeah, it's just good seeing nice enclosures, sizey enclosures too. I think that's um, that's always been my kind of plan. Is you know, obviously having all these exoterras and stuff like that, and trying to do all these custom backgrounds and things. I, I really look forward to the day that I actually complete them all and kind of have like a room where I have like all these little individual habitats. And yeah, sure, you know, like they're little animals and little habitats and stuff like that. But just having that room kind of dedicated to it and you know the amount of man hours you put into it and how time and labor intensive it's been and all the rest of it. But be able to sit back and kind of go, it's done. Yeah. Now I can just look after the animals, tweak some plants. (laughs) You Um, won't be done. There'll always be another animal. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, true. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. I, I hope to be done. That's the hope, is to be... Yeah. Nah. 
It'll be, there'll things. always there'll always be something. It'll be like, oh, I could you know rearrange it. Are you going to use different racks, or what are you, you going to use the racks you've got for so your this is enclosures? The thing. I went and had a look at those racket racks. Yep. I spent some time looking at them, and they're fantastic racks. Don't get me wrong. But I thought for the amount of money it's going to cost me to replace the racks that I've already got, versus buying one more rack is all I need to to tag. Oh, on well, that's different. Room, then, yeah. I was like, nah, the, it's going to cost me $250 to, to do this one rack or it's going to cost me like a thousand bucks to do the room. Yeah. So I was like, nah, I'm just going to do this one rack and then it's done. I don't have to worry about it sort of thing. So, no, yeah. That's it. At least you finish then, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And like the, the racket racks are reasonably thick. The middle bits are. Which one did you look at? Did you look at the, um, there's a 400 and a thousand. So the 400's cheaper. Yep. And the bracket in the middle skinnier. I don't remember. Then there's a thousand, which is dearer because obviously it holds a thousand kilos per yep. shelf. Um, not that I would put a thousand kilos on a shelf. Um, yep. And yeah, obviously the all the all the arms are bigger. Like everything's thicker on it. Yeah, it's a good question. I don't. Remember. I, I want to say it was the four hundred. Because like the the main kind of like upright was still kind of like seventy five mil wide. Uh, no, these ones are about 40, 40 mil, 50 mil. Hmm. Interesting. Uprights, yeah. Like okay, so maybe I was looking at the big Thousands, one. yeah. Because I was but, looking um, at it going, Jason Light, these things are expensive. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, nah, I use the, the lighter ones. I'll um, After this, I'll take a picture and I'll show you how, how skinny the um the actual rack is. <clears throat> like, it's still thick, but it's, you know, the the thing I like about it is you can just join another rack onto it. Yeah. And then only buy one another extra section. But um, yeah. that's the handy bit. And obviously the weight. Yeah. But where it gets tricky is when you have multiple enclosures. Yeah. Because the exoterra, you think it's 30, but it's got that extra like 10 or 5 mil either side. Mm. That's the trick that gets you. Because I remember when that happened to me, I bought the... I had like, I think I was trying to get like six. I think it was six 30 by 30s side by side. And I got to the end and I was like, no, nah, I can't even fit. So I just had this dead space of nothing. Well, it wasn't dead space, but um, yeah, I just, I liked it. I wanted everything to be tight fit, you know? Yeah. I even thought about just building a rack just for that. But yep. um, yeah, that went down. Oh, out the so window. I need one more one and a half meter wide rack or 1500 mil rack. Yeah. Um, and on that rack, I quite comfortably fit 1350 mil worth of exoterras across yeah so usually that's like 145 long and 190 or whatever uh so that's like basically going to be one wall is two of those 1500 mil racks filled to the brim with exoterras and one dirty reptile one um <laughs> i'm a little bit bummed about that but anyway it's going to hang out further than all the other ones too no because the, the way the wall is on the actual broom it, it's kind of hard to explain but it's almost like where that rack's going to go it's actually a little bit recessed at the back of that so if I keep the rack straight and in line with each other there's actually going to be like a 100 mil spare behind that particular rack ah. so that'll work out to my advantage so I can actually have that little bit of extra depth and it's not going to eat into you know any space or anything like that so yeah I'm kind of lucky that that worked out that way but yeah yeah, so and then I've still got a twelve hundred mil rack, and I think that's where I'm going to sit my Boyd's Forest Dragon enclosure on that, 
just kind of down low and then I'll probably put my one of my tall Gillen's enclosures and the Cornutus enclosure on top of that that on the yeah. opposite wall and then underneath my desk I'm going to have a cabinet that I've already got downstairs with my water reservoir oh, so yeah. for the yeah. misking so then that's all hidden Yeah. and I'm thinking on the inside of that cabinet door I might actually get like a this is going to sound wanky but you know those like magnetic knife blocks that, yes. that you like screw into a wall I already use one of those for like tongs and scissors and stuff downstairs and it's so handy to just be able to like clink your tongs or whatever straight onto that so I'm thinking about putting one of those on the inside of the cabinet door so just so then that's, that's like a good tuck, idea. tucked out of the way it's all nice and neat you don't see yeah. anything you can just open up the cabinet door grab your tongs or your scissors for trimming your plants or whatever you need to do and get on with your day yeah so um, so I never thought of that yeah I so I'd, I'd always just stick them in there because on the front of these um, enclosures, they've got those little, well, not enclosures, the racks, they've got those little cutouts where it slots into. Yep. I'd yep. always just put one end of the tong in that well, so the works. tong would hang out. Yeah. yeah. But you can buy hooks that sit in those as well. So you yep. can buy like a hook that sits on it. So I'd had a, had a couple of those hooks where I'd put like yeah. bits and pieces on as well. But I had one of the shelves that hung off the side and the water reservoir would sit off off the side of the rack on a, oh, um, cool. on a shelf. So. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. It's so funny. Like, I've been using that for years, that magnetic rack on just off the side of Loki's enclosure or whatever. Yeah. And uh, one of my sponsors, Get Your Pet Right, turned around to me. He, like, took a screenshot of one of my videos and he sent it back to me. And he's like, this is genius. How have I never thought of this? They're like, you know, $10 on eBay or whatever. Just yeah. grab yourself a couple of those. I'm like, yep, well, it works. Like, it's- Yeah, I, never, I honestly never thought of it. Yeah. Also, yeah, I was always like... Yeah, just stick them in there. But no, that's a good idea. Everything's in the same spot. I'd have stuff everywhere because I'd be finished and I'd be one to be over this side. I'd have something over the other side, something over the other side. Like, yeah. yeah but I even thought the- I wanted to get a little cart so I could, you know, do all the crickets on the cart, like a little um trolley. But I don't know the room's obviously not big, but I didn't have the room to store the cart. Yeah. So I just wanted to basically put the tub of crickets in and then have, you know, different sizes and different um, containers with one with calcium, one with um. D3, one without D3, that way I could just mix it up every time I did it, but um, streamline a little bit, but never got around to doing it. Now you got me thinking further. Now I'm thinking <laughs> on top, because like, I used to have this this homemade rack that I did build myself, and I had incorporated like a pull-out uh, workbench on yep. it, which was just simply a piece of form, uh, not form players, malamine, that I just had like a little door handle on or whatever, and I'd just pull it out, and if you just didn't pull it out far enough, like you could pull it the whole way out if you needed to clean it, but if you just pulled it out till there's like a hundred mil of wood layer, you'd still like stack stuff on there and work stuff. It's good for when I had like hatchy snakes and stuff like that that you're trying to feed or whatever like that. Yeah. So I might actually try to incorporate that just to above the Boyd's Forest Dragon enclosure now. Oh, how would I work that? I'm going to think about that tonight. You wait, I'm not going to sleep now. I'm going to think about how to incorporate <laughs> like a little workbench. A little shelf. But yeah. It was so handy though, just to be able to have that kind of space to just work on. Because like you got all these racks or whatever, you know, whether it be snake racks or enclosures or whatever, but you don't leave yourself enough working space. And at least that's not as intrusive as a cart in a small room. Yeah. And it's, you know, it just slides away to nothing. And once you've done that's it, right. cleaned up, it's gone. That's a good idea. I do love having the work cart at work though. So whenever you do get stuck cleaning lizards or whatever like that, you're just wheeling around this trolley and you've got like your wastewater, your F10, you know, everything's yeah. just on hand. Cricket boxes or ba- uh, buckets and stuff like that, you know. It's kind of handy, but everything just ended up on my flight. I have a bin in the middle and everything just ended up on the floor. Like any bits of leftover stuff, I just 
you know, scoop them in, throw it in, like there'd be bits of, you know, amount of crickets I lost in this shed. Happens. Yeah. Happens. I was like filming a video, <laughs> filming a video earlier tonight. I'm fin- finishing off an OE2 ephemera enclosure. And uh, I was like midway doing a time lapse and I'm like painting a rock. And then like, just like a few woodies just walk past me and like a little crew. Like, <laughs> whatever you know like I'm so used to just seeing that now I'm just so blase about it I'm like yep cool don't go up my nose I'll be happy yeah you'll be right yeah <laughs> but no I've, I've already lost a bunch already just having the boids and that so it's pretty funny but it's funny my sister's in here today feeding them and they jumped out and the son's like oh no oh no the crickets I go don't worry mate they'll get eaten by the, the lizards outside he goes no the frogs have got to eat them <laughs> Down there trying to pick him up. Yeah, he was. It was funny. And then we left. He's like, bye lizards, bye frogs, bye crickets. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to have a kid. Oh, yeah, it's hilarious. It's, um, but yeah, like they just don't understand things. Like he just wants to hold everything. I'm like, mate, you can't because you don't know how rough you're being. Like even with his little sister, he's rough. Like, but when he's another year and it'll be, when he's a little bit older and he understands a couple of things a bit more, it'll be unreal. I'll be. Yeah. He'll be in here. I'll be getting him to help me. That's why I kind of want to get some snakes. So you know, you can be a little not not more rough with snakes, but you know, you can you can hold them a little bit more and do those yeah. kind of things with them. So yeah, that's funny. Like before this whole COVID thing started, we had our nephews around here, and he loves patting some of the lizards and stuff like that. And he's like, you know, face to face with Loki through the glass, you know, waving at him and stuff. Absolutely loves it. He turns around, and one of my rough scale pythons was like kind of cruising down on a branch just kind of like seeing what was out and he's just kind of like eyeballing him he turns around and he's just like oh Uncle Lukey I'm not going to touch that one <laughs> he's just like <laughs> down by it. he's like no nah. he's face to face with Loki who's like five times the size of this rough scale python doesn't give a crap yeah. you know yeah, doesn't care doesn't like the snake but anyway no, did I tell you about yeah. how he got chased by a turtle no so he like loved the turtle pond, especially when I had a few goldfish in there. He'd go and see the goldfish and feed. I'd give him some pellets and stuff and the turtles would come up and nibble the pellets. And anyway, so I decided I'd get one out to show him and I put a saw shell down on the ground and I'm sitting there fine for like five minutes and he's kind of like really looking at it and he's thinking, oh, this is so cool. And then all of a sudden the, the saw shell just decides to bolt straight at him. So this <laughs> turtle's just like bullet a gate you know, charging at him and he's just like running across the lawn just freaking out because he's getting chased by a turtle. Uh, <laughs> doesn't like the turtles now. So, I won't be surprised uh, if that kid has a phobia of turtles after that. Traumatised. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> but nah, I'm going to, um, I think I'll start that once I finish this one. I'll get the f- frog's enclosure underway which is probably a little bit quicker than this one. But, um, and then I'll probably start knocking up a nice tank for some roughies, I think, and get that one underway. I want to get that one done and finished, so then when I find some, they're good to go. Is Luke still bugging you with, with ads? No, he hasn't actually. There hasn't been too many pop-up, I don't think, so. Yeah. He sent me some, but I, I just want an older pair, I think. Yeah. No, like, um, rather than start with some hatchies, just to fill up the space. Yeah. I just want to get him into a nice big enclosure. But, um... Yeah, he sent me a couple of ads. I was tempting. I was, yeah, I was pretty tempted. It's it's easier to hide a hatchie than it is a full tank. So, That's true. <laughs> well, hopefully, when you're getting ready to do it, all this lockdown's over, so I can come up and give you a hand occasionally or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's a shame it's locked down now because I'll give you hand moving everything too. So, 
I just call that lucky timing on your behalf. <laughs> no, it doesn't bother me. <laughs> so. uh, I've had so many people reach out to give me a hand too, which has been absolutely awesome. And unfortunately, I can't take anybody up on it. We're not even allowed to get removalists, I don't think. Yeah. Because they're a trade of some sort. I'm pretty sure. I read something along the lines like that. I could be wrong. Either way. But you're lucky. You can just do it gradually. So that's kind of, yeah, kind exactly. of lucky too. So. I, I, I don't know. I kind of feel better about moving this sort of stuff myself. Oh, yeah, Unless definitely. If I break it, it's on me. Yeah, and it's kind of, you don't really wear, want people just slinging glass and stuff around everywhere. Like, nah. No. So. And I've got a couple of big flatbed trolleys that I'm going to borrow from work so I can just pop exoterras just straight onto those and just wheel them Not straight in the better. elevator, straight in. Everyone's like, what is going on in this house? <laughs> oh, dude, I've, uh, <laughs> I went out and, like, uh, I got a moving blanket just so I could just like chuck it around each tank that I'm wheeling in. That's a good idea. Just so cover I'm, everything. I'm just covering everything because otherwise yeah. they're going to be like, "What the hell's this guy got?" You know. I had to. I had to contact Strata. I was like, you know, I've got. I just wanted to see if it's okay if I had some birds at this place, and they're like, "Yeah, we don't care about birds." I was like, "Cool. That's all I'm asking for." <laughs> I'm not going to mention the hundred odd reptiles I've got. You know, so. nah, that should be right. It's like fish tank. Yeah, exactly. That's why I wasn't going to bother mentioning it to them. Yeah. Like, oh, they don't make any noise or anything. They don't no, smell. Exactly. No. But no. birds, though. Phew. That's why I asked about that, because I was like, I didn't want to bring in, you know, a cock- cockatiel or something like that. That's going to be a bit noisy. So. Yeah, we used to have an eclectus parrot. These are nothing like those. Yeah. That would have been loud. It was. It used to do this whistle. It was like... You know, oh, I can't explain it. It was like it would hurt your ears. It was ear-piercing, this whistle. I don't know where it got it from, but um, it was my missus, her bird. Like, she was attached to it. It was like her bird. But then I think we, there's a few old people that live near us. And basically, we started getting all these letters. And then you started ringing council and all these noise complaints and this and that. And then it was heaps aggro too. Not to her. She could do whatever with it. But it used to just attack me. Like, and then we're like, oh, we decided to have kids. And then we're like, oh, we don't want that. You know, all it takes is like, we've got a, we've still got a, um, a galah. But yeah, the ecky. You've got a man. galah. Yeah. Oh, yeah got a galah. Like favorite bird. Yeah. No, she's, yeah, she's, and she's like, she's quiet as, doesn't make a noise at all. But, um, we used to have her and the ecky and an Avery together. Yeah, but, um, yeah, the ecky was just, yeah, so noisy. She used to stay inside, then went outside and, um, but yeah, like you could hear this whistle. Like it's a seven-minute walk down to the waterfront where I am. You could hear yeah. it down at the waterfront. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it was like, yeah, Good it was crazy. But she could talk and everything else. But um, yeah, she ended up we ended up giving it to a, another lady who had a male, and yeah. she free flies them now. So Unreal. she lives up in Colnura somewhere, I think, and free flies them. And yeah, they've made it, I believe. That's so All cool, that, that so. free flight. Yeah. Well, That's she like flew away on us twice. That was like, I climbed this massive tree just to get it down one time. And that was, um, and then she flew to another tree and I was like, oh. but yeah. Birds. birds. Yeah. I do they, like birds. Were they hand reared? Yes. Yeah. yeah. But she bonded with my missus. Yeah. The galah loves as my missus bird, but yeah. it, yeah, if if I'm there, she, the Galara will bite my missus. Yeah. But if I'm not there, she, my missus is going to like scratch its neck and do everything else with it. But I can just, no matter who's there, I can go and scratch its neck and this and that. But I couldn't do anything with the Eki. 
It's funny how it works like that, hey. Like, my, my old cockatiel, um, he was hand-reared, and he'd do everything to, to please me. Like, he'd sit on the couch, he'd be, like, grooming my beard, he'd be grooming my hair. If I went to go to, like, a different room, he'd freak out. He'd start flock-calling for me and stuff. So, I used to have to go for a piss with this thing on my shoulder. <laughs> Just yeah. so he'd be quiet. And um, now I've got this other cockatiel. She doesn't really give a shit about me. She'll sit on my shoulder and she'll hang out. But if my missus goes to touch her or whatever, like, because this one's a female cockatiel, she's a bit more twitchy, she just, like, starts hissing and biting and all sorts. And, like, yeah, but, eh, if you was a female. But, um... Eglar's a female, too. But, um, that, that might be why. Yeah, they're beautiful. The pink and grey, like... Yeah. You just can't yeah. beat it. No. Um... I love the um, palm cockatoos too. They're stunning, those birds. Yeah. But um, yeah, we've got an ecchi. So someone else just bought the house down the road and there's a male ecchi down there, like two houses down. And you can hear that now. And I'm like, oh, I miss it. Because oh, I wonder if they'll get a letter too. Like we, we kept getting letters. But um, he sits, he sits, uh, like if you walk, walk, when we go for a walk, we walk past the house and they've got this big, like we used to do the same. We'd had this, built this big stick. Like look like a tree, and the the ecky, the ecky just sit in that all day. When my missus was home, and um, they've done the same, and it's at the front window, so you can see him when you walk past, and he like talks to everyone. Oh, cool. But um, but yeah, then obviously we had to get rid of ours. But um, that was kind of kind of a blessing at the same time because that thing hated me. It bit me through my hoodie <laughs> once on the cheek and took a chunk out of my cheek. Oh wow! Have you been bitten by an ecky? No. I've never, I've never had a big bird. The only bird that I've had that's been a decent size was my great grandfather. He had a um a king parrot and a big aviary out the back. Yeah. And I think he gave me a nip once, but yeah. yeah. Got a big beak there, kids. Yeah, sharp too. Like yeah. make light work of nuts, hard shelled nuts, that's for sure. Actually I like I I have been bitten by a sulfur crested cockatoo that I was trying to rescue once. That hurt mm. like hell bitten by a cockatoo the cockatoo's beaks blunt like a lot more blunt than the ecchi mm. like the, you, if you look google a picture of an ecchi and look at the point of their beak yep. man it hurts it's a bit more macaw like yeah yeah definitely definitely um i don't know i don't know what i don't know how strong their bodies or anything like that but man it was yeah thing hated me it was all right at the start when i was a baby but once i got bonded with my missus it was yeah i my budgies last year and like Danny wouldn't let me get rid of all of them so we had to keep one of the babies and we had this one that was like a little run it was probably the prettiest coloured one anyway so she's like oh of course she gravitated to that one anyway it's it's new nickname's Pinchy um, just because whenever he gets out of the cage and I have to try to catch him like or her actually it just pinches the hell out of me with a beak and I'm like man I'd hate to have a big parrot just for that sake like these little beaks hurt enough you know yeah I'd hate to have something big enough to chomp a big hole, to, hole through me. Yeah. That's funny. The podcast has gone from reptiles to birds. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. Whoever's left yeah. in this last 10 minutes, we've just had a massive bird talk. Well, you know, they kind of go hand in hand. Essentially, yeah, they're true. the same thing. One's just got feathers. The other's got scales. That's right. They all came from dinosaurs. So. Yeah. On who era. doesn't love dinosaurs? That's right. Anyway, mate, what do you reckon? Enough bird talk for tonight. Let's wrap this show up, I reckon. Sounds good to me, mate. Unless you've got anything else you want to talk about. Nah, mate, I'm just keep planning enclosures in my head. It's pretty much keep looking at Matt's enclosure and going, that's pretty much what I want to do for my uh, roughies, but I don't have the skill level of that, so. <laughs> just need to be patient, I reckon. I think that man's got a lot of patience. 
Oh, yeah. And that's, that's the other thing. It's so hard to do it with kids. Like, the time. Like, the, he just wants to do everything. Oh, my mate, he's flicking the the stuff everywhere. There's stuff all over the wall of the shed. And I'm like, mate, I paint, I paint, I paint. I'm like, yeah, you can, buddy, but just, just, just paint there. Get some paintbrush everywhere. So... Oh, I don't look forward anyway. to that. I'm going to have to be buying enclosures for kids just so they can paint their own bloody enclosure and I can have mine. Yours will all be set up, so hopefully by then. Yeah, that's right. So you that's should the be plan. Right. Hopefully. <laughs> yep. Alrighty. So we're going to wrap this show up now, guys. Um, I'm trying to get my little outro. We'd like to say a massive thanks to Eric and Owen and the rest of the NPR crew for having us. If you'd like to contact them, it's best to find them at moreliapythonradio.com and email them at info at moreliapythonradio.com. As far as contacting us and our social media platforms, you can email us at australianherptoculture at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram as well. To see more of what Jason is doing, make sure to follow him on Facebook and Instagram at The Gecko Effect. For myself, you can find me on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Patreon and Teespring under Beach Scaly Beasts. We hope to have you back next week for another episode of the Australian Herpetoculture Podcast. Good night, guys. Good night, guys.